You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us from Canada, Matthew Abokan. And Matt is a broker of record. He's the founder of his own brokerage. He's a real estate investor, multifamily real soon, uh, recently multifamily real estate investor. And he's also the host of the Millennials Choice Show in uh, Canada um, for real estate finance and op- entrepreneurship. Um, he's, he's got that podcast, which is going very well himself. So I would encourage everybody to check it out. And today we're going to hear Matthew's story. It's pretty interesting. Uh, ever since he was a young kid. So I uh, definitely want to hear his story on investing and kind of where he, his background and how he came into real estate and uh, why he's continuing to invest in real estate in general. So Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Appreciate it. Great. So can you talk to us about your your very young age, uh, you know, when you first started to negotiate and learn, you know, different business skills? Yeah, I think um, I think for me it all started when I was really really young playing Pokemon cards and trading Pokemon cards with my friends. And as a kid, like you're just having fun, you don't really realize what it is that you're doing. But um, ultimately, you're negotiating and you're trying to get a good deal. And sometimes you get a bad deal, and you you know that it sucks at that time. But I, I learned a lot of those principles from my childhood, not only with Pokemon cards, but also with my parents. And uh, when they came to Canada, they, they came here in the mid 80s, they left a socialist communist regime. And they came here, I met here, started a life uh, for themselves. And the idea was to, to have more opportunity, more freedoms and the ability to just build yourself up. And they, they would get into different businesses, which is kind of typical of most immigrants, like a coffee shop, convenience store type of thing. And it kind of never really worked out for them until they finally landed one particular location that um, has done really well for them. And actually, a few days ago, 25 years at that location, we just closed the deal. They sold it. We're preparing for their retirement. But uh, what we would do on the weekends is we go to wholesale um, places where they would sell a wholesale at a wholesale cost materials or items where you can sell them at your convenience store and make a profit. So my brother and I would join my parents. We would help them out on the weekends. And then Saturdays were followed by uh, Chuck E. Cheese. We'd go to Chuck E. Cheese and we'd have fun and whatnot. So we learned kind of all these principles that we, we talk about now of hard work, rewarding yourself and, and things like that at a very young age. Um, and then what happened was when I was in uh, 16, 17, 18, I was dabbling in like high interest savings accounts, which I put it in quotes because high interest is like 1% because the banks pay us nothing. And uh, as you know, like you guys are facing it, we're facing it. Inflation is killing us right now. And um, if you're not in the market, if you're not in some sort of uh, protection with, with your assets that, that can actually protect you against inflation, um, you're, you're probably feeling the pain. So uh, I learned about real estate investing at the time. This was 11 years ago. There were no podcasts, what, like what we're doing here, creating value for our audience. There was no, well, YouTube was around, but it wasn't as prevalent as as it is today. And I was just going to different real estate offices, learning and talking to those realtors and trying to figure things out. 
So I learned about uh, what we have in Ontario, in, in, in Canada, pre-construction real estate. You guys have it in the States, but I think some of the fundamentals are, are different. For us, there's so much political red tape that it takes years from the time a builder or developer owns a piece of land to actually construct it. it takes many, many years. So you could buy at today's price, lock it in. It's protected. Your money is protected by our government. So if the builder cancels the project or something like that, you, you get all your monies back and you don't need a mortgage. You don't need the full down payment. You don't need any of those things. So for me as a young kid, I saw that this was um, an easier way to get into the market. Now I was in university. My parents did not help me financially. They couldn't, uh, but what they couldn't help me financially with, they helped me in other areas. So it enabled me to work. And uh, I worked at an American company, actually it's, you guys still have it. I'm not sure how much you guys have it where you are, but have you ever heard of Johnny Rockets? Yes, it's still around. In the burger joint, yeah. So I used to I used to work there, and I was working at a, a bowling alley that was in the same location. So I would serve and and wait tables and things like that. And I just came to that kind of light bulb moment of of like, how do people live off of thirty thousand dollars a year and survive, or fifty thousand dollars a year at the time? And I was only making like twenty. And a lot of it was cash, it was tips. But um, I had this kind of revelation from talking to people about real estate and whatnot. I learned the concept of landlords make money while they sleep. And that was new to me. I did not know about it. And as, as you know, like whatever you don't know, you just simply don't know it. So um, I, I learned that concept and learned about multifamily, learned about different types of real estate investing. But at the time, uh, with, with what I had, it was the, the route I chose to go was pre-construction. And now fast forward 11 years later, I have a portfolio of properties. Uh, they do consist of anywhere from like condos to single family, but also to vacant land and more recently multifamily. And, and now we're building some multifamily units as well here. And it's exciting. And I always wanted to go into multifamily because I think that's, I think that's the best asset class in my opinion uh, when it comes to real estate and even in markets like this, where people are talking about a housing bubble and you got guys like Robert Kiyosaki, Ken McElroy, all these different kind of gurus on YouTube saying that there's a, there's a potentially a housing bubble or a crash on its way, especially Kiyosaki has been very vocal about that. Commercial real estate, multifamily, you know, five units and up, like they don't get impacted the same way that residential housing market does. It's, it's, it's seen differently. So I always uh, was attracted to that and I like that security. So that brings me to where I'm at today. And naturally I got into the business of real estate. Uh, once I bought my first property, I said, I'm going to earn as much commission as I can reinvest and fast forward. Now I've never sold any of my properties. I, I still own that first condo that I bought and I'm just looking to expand it. That's excellent. And these properties are all in Canada where you're based, correct? Yes. They're all scattered throughout Ontario. Ontario. Okay. And Ontario, from you know, a U.S. citizen's point of view, is very expensive. So obviously, you've been doing this for 11 years. So um, I'm just definitely interested in your story on how you kind of scaled that up. But it sounds like it was a little bit more slow, which is fine um, for a lot of you know different reasons. Like you know, because the property prices in in a city like big city like Ontario could be pretty high. Um, so how did you kind of buy the? We I understand how you bought the first one, but the second one, the third one, the fourth one. How did that process happen? Yeah, great question. And um, Ontario, like when we have immigration in Canada, most immigrants will come to Ontario 
And then that's where Toronto is and Vaughan and all these, these big cities. Uh, Toronto is really well known globally. And yeah, we have one of the most expensive real estate markets out there in the world. Um, so what I did is when I bought my first one, again, it takes a few years to be built. I actually then bought a second one, but I bought a, a what's, what's called like a townhome here. So row housing. And uh, I bought a, a second one and that was also pre-construction. So when I bought those two, I was like, okay, that's, that's everything like I have right now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait until I earn more money. Now, the first one that was ready was the, the condo. And once it was ready, I actually bought it using part of my student loan here and part of like the savings that I had. And when it was ready, I went to my lender and because time has passed by like three, four years, there's a lot of appreciation. So that's one thing, as you know, as a, as a multifamily investor, having time on your side is beautiful. And we had all this time in, in our pockets. So what I did was I refinanced, I did an equity takeout on the first pre-construction condo once it was ready. And I paid back my student loan and any debts that I had. So I never paid a, a penny in interest in student loan. And what that enabled me to do was just, just save, like save as much money as I was earning. And I had very little expenses. I was, uh, now I was like 22, 23, and I was living at home with my parents. I, I had no expenses. I just had a car and my phone bill. So it was pretty straightforward. Uh, my parents gave us a, a foundation like that, that we could build off of. And then when the second townhome, the second pre-construction property, which was the townhome was built, that one had drastically increased in price much quicker than the condo. So I, I did the same thing. I did an equity takeout. And one thing that I would say about myself is I'm very, very comfortable with good debt. Um, if you understand, like, it's very important. We talk to our audience members, like they need to understand the monetary system that both Canada and the U.S. are in. And that's basically a system of debt. And the way money is created and, and injected into our system, it's all debt. So it, this, the, the little secret that our country leaders don't tell us is that if all the money that has been injected into the system were to get paid out, off, then the system would collapse. There, there is no monetary system. So my whole thing was good debt. I learned a lot from Robert Kiyosaki and I, I said, I'm going to be very smart about it. And as you know, with, with investment property, 100% of the interest and all the expenses that come with that, the maintenance expenses, the property taxes, they're all tax write-offs against your rental income. So what I was doing was refinancing at really low rates, doing equity takeouts. And here we can do it as many times as you want. Like you can refinance today and do it next month as well. So I was doing a bunch of equity takeouts. Um, my tenant was paying for the debt. And from that one property, the townhouse, I was able to expand. And then my next purchases came in 2015, where I bought two more pre-construction condos. Fast forward four years later, they had doubled in price. And with real estate, you have leverage. So I didn't have to put $200,000 to buy a condo in Toronto. I only had to put 30, but the 200 went to 400. So the ROI is, is crazy on that. And I, that's what I would do for every property. I would do an equity takeout and I would buy more. And actually in the last two years, in 2020 and 2021, those were the years where I took my portfolio from 10 properties to 24 properties in just two years. So there came this acceleration and growth uh, during those years and everything just fell into the right place. And there was a plan and there were tenants in place and the properties were never used for 
uh, social reasons or just to kind of look cool or flash. No, these, this is a business we're, we're running here. And that's what we did. We treated it like a business. And now I'm excited for the next 10 years of my life to see where it goes from here. That's excellent. So talk to us about the multifamily, even interest of development now, a whole different animal, as you're well aware, than buying existing properties. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so it started off um, me buying my first piece of land ever in uh, the beginning of 2021. And this land was already zoned and suitable for building three units. Now, the plan with that one before developing it is to uh, secure the property next door. And once we secure the property next door, we're thinking we can get a minimum of 20 units. And that's what we're working on right now. Um, Now, I ended up buying a couple single family properties that were nearby this this area, this location. And the reason being is this particular city, the city of Aurelia, which is about an hour and a half north of Toronto, um, the city needs what's called the intensification. They need a lot of units. They need housing. There's There's a supply shortage of of housing and um, they want more and more units. So I bought these two single family homes on really big lots. And now they're giving us permission easily to build minimum four units. Uh, We're trying to get more uh, on each property. So taking a single family, now converting it into uh, a fourplex, for example. So fourplex doesn't fall under the commercial side unless because you're you're under five units. but that's what those properties are suitable for. And then what we did was we bought a, more recently a commercial property that is in the downtown core of that city with where we have the intensification zoning. Um, so we have the zonings here that allow for intensification. And that's already a triplex now, but we could convert it into, um, I think we could go as high as probably eight units on that particular property. So it, we, we love it. We're doing it a couple projects at a time. Um, but totally different animal. But what I see when I look at the challenges that come with that is I see the opportunity as well. So it's just a matter of surrounding yourself with the right people that have the experience that you may not have. And now building that team of professionals that can help you get, get there. So, um, and more recently, when I say we, I've partnered with my, my best friends who we've grown up with as kids. Um, both have been, they've been doing really well. They're my clients, but um, you know, we've been doing well individually and we said, we, we trust each other. We're like brothers. We might as well do something together. And that's enabled us to expand our portfolio a lot faster. So working with other people, uh, having other people's money in, in the game as well, but not, not just any person, the right people that you're going to want to partner with that, you know, if there's a conflict, potential conflict, you could just pick up the phone and call them. And that's what we've been able to do to expand. And we tell our clients that too, the first time home buyers, guys, if it's an opportunity for you to get into the market, it's a good deal. Partner on it. If you can't do it on your own, partnering with somebody and getting 50% of something is better than a hundred percent of nothing. So absolutely. I love that. It's, it's about working with the team and building your team. And, you know, for my audience listening to this, it's pretty remarkable how far you've come um, with, you know, the scale that you've kind of created, especially over the past two years. And that was just for, that was just from, you know, team building um, from what it sounds like. And you couldn't have done it without a team um, oh, and good partners. So that's yeah. really excellent. Um, as we wind down the show, Matt, how can my audience find you, learn more about you, get to know you? What's the best way? Obviously you have your podcast. Yeah. So our podcast, the millennials choice show, and uh, 
We also have a YouTube channel, the Millennials Choice channel, um, where we post some content that's not on our podcast. I'm all over Instagram at Matthew Ablican, as well as the company at Millennials Choice. Um, I manage my own account. So if you connect with me on there, I'll be the one responding to you. And you can visit our website as well, millennialschoice.com. And uh, we can connect with you there as well. That's awesome. And we'll have a link to all of that in our show notes on iTunes and our social media descriptions on our social media, on all our platforms. So you can reach out and connect with Matthew directly and uh, really looking forward to staying in touch with you, Matt. And thanks for coming on the show. Likewise. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate the value you're bringing to people. So thank you. Likewise. Thank you.